Ahaboromina, the Osnon Lysnikos, also known as Don Perot. I'm back again to record something called What is Effectual Prayer? Prayer, let's say it in Bodewadmim, Madmoon, Dodaskewen, Dodmoon. Najduun, Nukanawun, etc., etc., etc. This is all Butewad Mimun inspired. Madmuun is prayer. Dodaskewun is appealing prayer, where you appeal. You make your appeal to the to the to the God. Dodmuun is to ask. Najduun is a milder form of asking. Nokana one is uh, where you ask a favor. And I think that effectual prayer is something that's much deeper. But let's go into this. What is effectual prayer? What is it? Prayer is seeking. Prayer is worship. Prayer is praising the powers that be. All four powers. Prayer is meditating and reflecting. Prayer can also be deep introspection. Prayer is intercession, interceding for somebody or something. Prayer is also travailing or asking for somebody else or something to happen. Travailing, much like a woman does before she brings a child forth. So you pray, you travail in prayer and bring that thought process into being. Somebody's salvation, somebody's healing or something like that. Prayer is maintenance in one's life. Prayer is thoughtful. Prayer is also heartfelt asking. Prayer is inclusive of all people, all things. Prayer is never exclusive. You never exclude anyone or anything. Prayer is compassionate. Prayer is gentle. Prayer is faithful. Prayer is pervading strength of purpose. Prayer is from the heart. Prayer is grounding or centering. Prayer is seeking guidance when needed. Prayer is enlightening. Prayer is wisdom activated. Prayer is wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and prudence in all things. Prayer can be gratifying as well. In the English language, prayer is largely defined, <coughs> excuse me, by the idea of asking. In Old English, one could say either to God or to anyone else, I pray thee to do such and such a thing. <coughs> the basic concept here is heartfelt request. <coughs> Excuse me. The Jewish concept of prayer, however, is best defined by its Hebrew word, tefillia. The primary meaning of the verb, lahit palil, the verb behind the noun, <coughs> is self-judgment or introspection. Especially in Jewish Hasidic traditions, philia is understood to be an introspection that results in bonding between the creature and the creator as a child would bond with his father or her father. 
It is not a surprise that when the Jewish Christ was asked by his disciples how they should pray, he taught them what to request, making sure to address their heavenly king as our father, Matthew 6, 9. Shortly before that, Jesus warned them to avoid using vain repetitions that characterized pagan approaches to prayer, Matthew 6, 7. In Isaiah, we find a curious text. These I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in the house of my prayer. Note the wording, not my house of prayer, but the house of my prayer, Isaiah 56, 7. But how is it possible for God to engage in prayer and with whom? The answer lies in understanding that Hebrew prayer is not only a request-making session, it is a communal bonding between God and his child. The house of his prayer is, therefore, where God himself engages in introspection and in so doing, bonds deeply with his people. They, in turn, reciprocate this action in their own prayers and bond with him. Such is the prayers in the Potawatomi way of, of praying also. Let me give you an example. Oh, Mershaw, our grandfather. At this time we come, and we ask for this help. And this blessing upon us who live here. And as they walk together on this earth. Help us to live this long life. Help all of us. Help us as we search for the true way or the true road. And the truth. And the way of life. Gain some to know. You alone we depend on at this time. Oh, thank you. That is all we say at this time. Now, that's one example. There probably can be a more general type of prayer too. Oh, my grandfather. And all of our grandfathers. And Creator, as you are also known. And our grandmother Earth. So we come today. To put down our tobacco. And some of this food. It could go go to say thank you. Me no other gig the one, now get or the mud one. And this talk to our or our prayers. Em no we do tad we go jayak sinan that we may all interact well together, all of us. Me na me nan go go e no mud the one, and we may receive this good life. That we may be healthy and 
we may receive the health and the help all we need. But there is no, no modzi go that we always live good lives. Every palm say go so or the key when as we walk about this earth. Mean I am no to go and that we use life in a good way. Chayak, Kinojo Nin, I mean go go, all those gifts we've been given. That is what we ask of you today. That we always live well together. Where we live about here. Don't forget these pipes. That we depend on to help us. When we fill them, those pipes, and as we sing these songs, all of us are asking. These powers to come here where we live. To help us in things we need. Or the mudzone of this life. That is why we depend always on the spiritual power you have. There where you live. That is all I have to say. Now, one can pray that way and pray with pipes. The Bible says, to him that is pure, all things are pure, but to him that's defiled, all things are defiled. One has to examine their hearts before they pray. And if you have sin in your heart, you have done something against someone, you've lied, you've cheated, you've stolen, even the smallest little sin can block or hinder your prayer. And if you first confess that, and repent of it and ask the God to help you live a good life. He will help you pray as well, whether you pray with a feather, a glass of water, a pipe, tobacco. All these things are nothing more than contacts, sources of contact, you might say, that people grasp in order to feel something that they can associate with because they can't see a living God. But God is there. He may be invisible to us, to the naked eye, but he's there. You can feel him. And as you grow, worshiping and praising him all the time, these things can become very real to you. So I grew up in the traditional way. I converted to Christianity by accepting Christ as my savior. But I still pray in my own language. I understand how to ask for things or them scream and we'll quit our shit on the door to be covered with the blood of Jesus Christ, to be covered with his blood completely from head to foot. That we are protected because his blood is a covering for us. Even as tobacco is a covering and fire is a covering. The Nishnabek people knew these things. They didn't have blood at that time because they didn't believe in killing somebody. But this creature, this being, this creator, 
the Lord God, the Elohim, became Yeshua HaMashiach in the Hebrew context. He became the savior of mankind because he came to take on flesh and became a man and dwelt among us for 33 years. Whereupon he gave up his life, he surrendered his life as he was nailed to a cross and he spilled his blood for us, sacrificing his life, opening the way of worship. Prior to that time, you had to go to a temple and you had to sacrifice animals and you had to sacrifice this and sacrifice that and give money all the time. And you could never enter the Holy of Holies. But when Jesus paid that price by dying for us, shedding his blood, he opened that, that curtain, that veil, and he opened the Holy of Holies so that we don't have to go through any high priest. He became the high priest. He became all those things so that now we can go to our fires. We can go into wherever and we can find God and we can pray and ask him to bless us abundantly. I don't care if it's in a deep forest. I don't care if you pray on top of a tree stump. I don't care if you build a fire somewhere and put tobacco in it. I don't care if you enter the finest church covered with carpets and having a nice carpeted altar where you can go and kneel and pray and surrender your heart to the Lord. I don't care where you pray. You are going to meet God because the Lord paved that way for us. He opened that door. He ripped that veil apart through his death and dying and giving of his blood. So that's what he did for us. He opened that door so that we can worship him and be with him. We don't have to go through anybody else. We can call upon him and he's going to answer us. So I speak for him because he's my savior. He's my Lord. He's my owner. He's my master. I speak for him and he blesses these words that I, that I say to you all. So I share some of this with some of you because I know that some of you are not Christian in your beliefs, but I just want you to know how things were at one time and how things are becoming and that we are losing a lot of this language and losing a lot of the old ways of thinking. But we still have God. We still have the Lord Jesus Christ. That's something that we, we cannot lose. So it's something that I'm not going to lose. So I share openly with all, all people so that they can know how to worship the true God. We native people have always been a one God people. We always have been. Ever since I was a little boy, I knew that. I wasn't praying to a lot of gods. I was praying to only one God. And even though they told us that the spirit of the Lord rested in all four directions and on Mother Earth and in Father Sky and deep within our hearts, I knew he was only one God. He, he could be all, all those things. And later on, as I grew and I began to understand things, I learned that God is omniscient. He knows all things. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere all at once. And he's omnipotent, all powerful. So those things I learned as a child. But as I grew and matured, I learned that God is everywhere. He knows all things. He's all powerful. So I leave these few words with you, hoping that you will listen to them and take them seriously. Ha ha, bama